Welcome to the Deeply Discussing Movie Podcast. It's Coen Brothers Month. Again. Here we are, back for the Hudsucker Proxy, the second in our month of Coen Brothers movies. Uh, so, Aaron, why did you choose the Hudsucker Proxy? Well, we were talking about uh, Coen Brothers movies, and... This is is one of those Coen Brothers movies that just nobody pays attention to. Came out after Barton Fink and before Fargo, so it's kind of like the 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 middle stepchild. Uh, nobody paid attention to it. It came out, came and went. Like it's one of their biggest box office bombs. Um, and I really think it's better than that. Uh, it, it's. It's such an underappreciated movie. Uh, it's got a, a, a great performance by Tim Robbins, an excellent performance by Jennifer Jason Lee. Uh, it was written. Uh, this was one of the only movies that they directed that they didn't completely write themselves. Um, just, and it's probably why Bruce Campbell was in it, to be honest. Um, but, uh, just, just a really funny movie, um, dark, dark comedy, uh, over the top in, in how everybody talks. They're very, um, they're, they're an exaggerated version of the time, or at least what people assumed, uh, people talked about, uh, or talked like in the time. And it's it's just a lot of fun. Zach, let's start with you. Yeah, this was one that I had noticed for a time being a Coen Brothers film. And the honestly, the I'm going to say the, you know, what DVD cover, Blu-ray cover, thumbnail, whatever you want to call it. You know, this, the picture that you see for it had always been enticing because you see Tim Robbins holding this you know, bright red hula hoop uh, with the people on the sides and a little bit of other things going on. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And the name Hudsucker obviously is just a very unique name. So I never really put it into my, you know, uh, watching um, cue. Uh, so I'm glad we picked it because I really enjoyed it. I, I think that I don't know that much about it, but I think that um, maybe it was Definitely one of the ones that uh, didn't do as well in the box office and people didn't enjoy as much. But Tim Robbins' performance just really captured me. Um, plus the idea behind it of the whole, like, can we get a nitwit to come in here and take over this company so that we can mess with the stock market? And, like, I almost feel like it, it's ahead of its time, but not really, because I, I think for me, I know more about the stock market and um, you know, now with cryptocurrency and all the shit that's out there, um, you know, just being like, oh, I get what they're doing. They're being a bunch of rich assholes. Uh, so it's fun. It's fascinating that it's turned on its head and he comes up with the idea of the hula hoop, you know, for kids <laughs> and, uh, and then, and it takes off and then they're like, oh shit. Um, yes, it's a, it's definitely, this movie will be an NFT at some point, I'm sure. Um, and so I don't know, there was so many just nice performances, Jennifer Jason Lee, definitely. Um, I haven't really, it's funny cause I, I 
all I really know her for is Fast Times at Ridgemont High. And it, like I just missed everything else that she did. And so I love being able to see her in other things. I think uh, I do remember her being in um, The Hateful Eight, which I loved uh, as well. Um, but like, yeah, I just missed a lot of her performances, but she's such a great actress. Um, and then, of course, we get Newman, uh, Paul Newman, you know, being Paul Newman. And um, Jesus Christ, that guy. It's like you love him and you hate him at the same time, which is really fun. Um, but, uh, I fucking loved the scene and I'm, I be, I'm explicit with it because it's an explicit scene, but the, when the, when Hudsucker jumps out the window, it's like the best. And then when the guy tries to do it the second time and he gets the plexiglass, I think the comedy of this movie really works for me. Like, I know it's weird and it's it's kind of silly, but man, it just like it felt very kid like it felt very childlike. And and to me, that made it enjoyable and entertaining to watch. I was also like wrapping Christmas presents. So like it kind of was timely as well. I don't know something about it. Just like the, the circumstances, the timing, everything really worked for me. And um, yeah, I, I'm definitely glad that I, I got to a chance to finally watch this one. Right on. Can we just make a quick mention of the fact that the poster you just talked about is a huge freaking spoiler for the movie? Totally. It, I, I am so grateful I saw this movie before I ever really noticed the poster. Because the whole thing is he's showing a picture of a circle this whole time for about 40 minutes into the movie before you realize what the, it, you know, for kids is. It's just a circle. <laughs> it's a great payoff. As are the add-ons with the straw and then the Frisbee. Those are also uh-huh. great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey there, buddy. I got an idea. Let me show you something. Yeah. And it's a circle. And you're just like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, technically, yeah, it could have been either of their ideas because it was literally just a circle. <laughs> this was probably the first Coen Brothers movie that I actually owned on video. Um, so I've watched it lots and lots of times. I, my only fault with the movie is I think there's kind of a weird dead spot somewhere in the middle of the movie where it just kind of slows down a little bit and gets a little bit tedious. Um, but for the most part it is, I mean, it's entirely rewatchable and it's harkens so much to things that the Coen brothers did later. I think especially the big Lebowski, there's something there's something in the DNA of this movie that kind of reminds me of the big Lebowski, uh, just having a kind of a chump become something really important in a big scheme is kind of there. Um, and it reminds me so much of like um, a couple of movies. It reminds me a lot of his girl Friday and um, also uh, Brazil, uh, just something about the production of it. It's very Brazil. Uh, the yeah. storyline kind of reminded me of trading places. I could see that. Yeah. yeah. See, I was I was getting the His Girl Friday vibe from uh, the secretary, the yeah. reporter secretary, and then I was getting from uh, from him. Uh, oh my god, Tim Robbins. <laughs> yeah, Tim Robbins. Uh, I was getting very strong. How to succeed in business without really trying vibes. Mm. Like he was like going in there and he was like, I know, I'll go in and I'll do all this stuff and I'll make it to the top. And like even though he like originally thinks that's what he's doing, 
it's essentially like he's going in and succeeding in business without really trying. <laughs> so, like, it really fit that for me. And I was like, hmm, this is an interesting take on that, but with, like, a maniacal little spin in the background there, too. I think that's something that's really fun about it, and I'm sure deliberate, is that it does harken back to all of these different movies and plot lines and stuff like that. So it's very familiar. It's very easy to watch because you've kind of seen it before, but you kind of haven't. But it kind of puts everything in such a great stylized way and has kind of a cartoon quality to it uh, to a degree too, like like some other Coen Brothers movies do as well, obviously. So yeah, it's it's super watchable. Super fun. It's like a love letter. I mean, just even like the little scene where he's sitting in the, the cafe and she goes to sit down next to him and you don't hear any of their dialogue, but you hear the dialogue of the two men on the other side of the bar. And is he wise? He don't look wise. Oh, and here come the tears or whatever she says. I mean, it, it, the whole thing is just written like a great noir and it's fantastic. Isn't it the clock guy who's narrating it, right? Yeah. He yeah. is. At the yeah, beginning. The, mm-hmm. at kind of the main structure the of the movie he is. Yeah. But for that one scene, it's those that two like random. It's like a bus driver. Milk, bus and driver a and a milk ca- yeah. delivery guy or yeah, something. Yeah, something like that. And they're just having a conversation about what they're watching. I, I, I also uh, thought Brazil. Um, it also kind of reminds me of other Brazil-like things, like the scene in Jupiter Ascending with Terry Gilliam, which is also very Brazil-like. It's like the Coen brothers trying to make their own little Brazil because, hey, we've got Terry Gilliam. Um, it's also a very hard-to-watch movie. Um, like Brazil, uh, it takes some investment to get into. Um, we've got Martin Crane in the movie, AKA John Mahoney. Uh, we have Bruce Campbell and, uh, they have this thing where they're doing his girl Friday. Uh, Jennifer Jason Lee is trying to do his girl Friday thing for a bit. Uh, It kind of reminds me of uh, Halt and Catch Fire. uh, That show. And I I wrote down uh, Roger Deakins. I don't think I realized that he was part of this before. Deakins has worked with the Coens a lot, I think. Yeah especially when they're kind of back in like the the belfry part of the clock and they're talking she's kind of talking to the the clock worker guy it kind of has like a tim burton batman era vibe to it i don't know if it's the music in fact i didn't catch who did the music on this but it kind of reminded me a lot of danny elfman burwell oh it is carter burwell well that's that's their go-to that's that's their Danny Elfman. Yeah, um, I think I think the the soundtrack's one of the weaker points of this movie. Um, I I kept wanting to to make a better soundtrack for it, 
<laughs> I, I don't think I really noticed the soundtrack, but maybe that just speaks to that, that I didn't really pay as much attention to that, which I usually would, I guess, if it's something very noticeable for me. But I loved everything being centered around that clock in the office building. And, you know, I liked when they were in Paul Newman's office and you could see the it had to be a second hand because of how fast it was moving, I guess, unless it was a, you know, time speed up. But just watching the shadow or the light, depending on if it was night or dark and the hand was lit up or not, going across his wall in his office, I thought was a really cool effect. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, it's it's got it's got really great moments in it. Um, and I think watching it with the closed captioning where it's showing you both what the soundtrack is doing and what the uh, what's actually in the uh, the captions, uh, because closed captions and subtitles are are not the same thing. Um, I didn't realize that until recently. So subtitles are just a literal translation of what's happening, whereas closed captioning, which I thought was just a television thing is actually a, uh, a a thing where you you see not just the dialogue but you also see the uh the stuff the <laughs> the like sound sound effects, effects. Like, the sound effects and so it, it's sort Described. of like a radio play instead of a not radio play uh, instead of a instead of a movie like you're reading it and you're watching it at the same time. So it made me appreciate the screenplay more and notice the sound more. Uh, cause I was reading more than I was watching. Um, I said in the last review that, uh, this was a, uh, uh, these two movies were a lot alike in that they both made me appreciate the screenplay, but kind of also made me realize why, Maybe they didn't catch on as as well as they could have. Um, Nathan and Alicia, uh, for for this movie, uh, had you seen the uh, Hail Caesar before? Yes. Oh yeah. And and every time I see it, it gets better. Do you find that's true with this movie as well? I kind of find that as a general rule for all Coen Brothers movies, honestly. I mean, their screenplays are so intricately written. Like, there's a lot of um, hints at things that are going to be said later. Uh, you know, Big Lebowski's kind of famous for it. You know, this aggression will not stand. George Bush says it in the grocery store. And then later, Jeffrey, Lebo- uh, Jeffrey Lebowski says it about four or five times. And, and, and John Goodman says it as well. Um, so this one has very similar things in it um, that take a line and give it another meaning later mm-hmm. on. Um, like the whole Muncie thing, she brings back the whole Muncie go Eagles a couple times. And there's there's other things that are happening in the script. It's just they're fantastic screenwriters in general. And that's what I mean, you have to start a movie with a great screenplay. Otherwise, you're shooting blanks, basically. Yeah. I think and also, they, too, that's why all those are so good. There's just so much going on and the pace is always fairly fast. I mean, it, you know, I, I mean, Fargo isn't, I guess, really fast, but but a lot of the stuff between all the visuals, because there's just such a, you know, 
garden of earthly delights often happening on the screen with all kinds of things going on in the background and stuff like that. So between that and the dialogue, I just feel like even if you feel like you're seeing everything uh, on a particular watching, the next time you watch it, you're going to notice new things. I mean, I think I do that all the time with Coen Brothers movies. Even ones I've seen a million times, I still notice new things. Well, and I think too, like because these guys are also visual storytellers, you know, they're thinking about shots as well as what people are saying. And so, I mean, I haven't read the screenplay for the Hudsucker Proxy, but I'm sure that if you look at the section where it's, he's just a success and everybody's laughing and it cuts to different versions of them laughing, him getting a haircut, getting a suit fit, and then him sitting, getting, doing interviews and the, you know, the snapshot of him laughing, that whole thing goes all the way through that without any dialogue but it tells so much story in such a short mm. time. There's several little sections in this movie like that. Um, the hula hoop is one of my favorite ones when you finally reveal it's a hula hoop and you know they're, they cut to these little interludes of like the, the marketing guys trying to come up with the name for it. And, and it, it's just super well constructed to tell a lot of story in a really short period of time. Just the little flash of the accounting department, which is what not even 10 seconds and what's what is it the sign says at the top how much will this cost or whatever (laughs) i mean just that 10 seconds adds so much to the movie and is almost like a throwaway like you wouldn't even need that but it was so great well thanks everyone for the discussion on hudsucker proxy check back with us next week when we'll be discussing miller's crossing thanks for listening and we'll see you on the next deeply discussing movie podcast 